Chapter Twenty Six of the Gloved Hand by Burton E. Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twenty Six: The Mystery Clears. Godfrey's powers of recuperation have astonished me more than once, and never more so than when I found him at the breakfast table, as fresh and rosy as though he had had a full night's sleep but even i felt better by the time the meal was over it is wonderful what a cup of coffee can do for a man i phoned a message to swain as soon as i was up godfrey said telling him in your name that we had the evidence to clear him and that miss vaughan was safe i must go down to him i said and start proceedings to set him free i'll get simmons to go with me before goldberger and then before the magistrate we ought to get an order of release at once you've got something to do before that godfrey reminded me we're to hear miss vaughan's story at ten o'clock i'm taking it for granted he added with a smile that i'll be welcome as well as hinman that doesn't need saying i retorted and ten minutes later we were on the way to elmhurst there was a man on guard at the library door but he allowed us to pass when we gave our names having evidently had his instructions from simmons in answer to godfrey's question he said that so far as he knew no trace had been found of silva we went on into the room and found that someone simmons presumably had closed the safe and swung the section of shelving back into place before it it was not locked however and i opened it and went through its contents carefully with the faint hope that the money might have been thrust into some other compartment but i found no trace of it and was replacing the contents when a voice at the threshold brought me to my feet mr lester it said and i turned to behold a vision which made me catch my breath a vision of young womanhood with smiling lips and radiant eyes a vision which came quickly toward me with hands outstretched miss vaughan i cried and took the hands and held them can you forgive me she demanded for what for treating you so badly oh i could see what you thought of me and i longed to tell you it was only make-believe but i didn't dare i could see your grimace of disgust when i fell on my knees beside the chair yonder miss vaughan i broke in whatever my sentiments may have been and i was an idiot not to suspect the truth they have all changed into enthusiastic admiration you were wiser and braver than all of us a wave of colour swept into her cheeks i might add i went on that i thought white robes becoming but they were not nearly so becoming as this gown it is of the last century she protested but anything is better than that masquerade and when when i think i can get swain free this afternoon i answered i'm going to try anyway mr godfrey phoned him the good news the first thing this morning this is mr godfrey miss vaughan i added and very eager to shake hands with you very proud too said godfrey coming forward and suiting the action to the word there was a step on the walk outside and dr hinman appeared at the door well he cried coming in his face beaming there's no need for me to ask how my patient's doing i'm afraid you haven't got any patient any more doctor i laughed i'm afraid not agreed hinman i'll have to go back to my office and wait for another one but before i go miss vaughan i want to hear the story mr lester promised me i should miss vaughan looked at me we all want to hear it i said how you came to suspect how you got the glove everything her face grew sober and a shadow flitted across it suppose we sit down she said and just then the sentry at the door saluted and simmons stepped into the room i saw him shake his head in answer to godfrey's questioning look and knew that silva had not been found then i brought him forward to miss vaughan and introduced him 
mr simmons i explained has been in charge of this case and it was he who arranged to watch the house for fear some harm would befall you i know broke in miss vaughan clasping simmons hand warmly annie told me all about it this morning i don't know how to thank you mr simmons oh it wasn't me especially protested simmons red to the ears it was really godfrey there and mr lester they were worried to death we were rather worried godfrey admitted especially after we saw you at that midnight fireworks party you saw that she asked quickly but how oh we had seen the show every night for a week it was its failure to come off last night which first told us something was wrong well said miss vaughan with a deep breath sitting down again and motioning us to follow her example it seems to me that you have a story to tell too but i'll tell mine first where shall i begin begin i suggested at the moment when you first suspected the plot that was when you were telling me of fred's arrest when you told me of the handkerchief and then of the fingerprints i knew that someone was plotting against him and then quite suddenly i thought of something you jumped up i said as though you were shot and ran to the bookcase over there and got down that album of fingerprints and found that swain's were missing that seemed to upset you completely it did and i will tell you why my father for many years had been a collector of fingerprints all of his friends were compelled to contribute and whenever he made a new acquaintance he got his prints too if he could he believed that one's character was revealed in one's fingerprints and he studied them very carefully it was a sort of hobby but it was for some reason distasteful to senor silva he not only refused to allow prints to be made of his fingers but he pooh-poohed my father's theories and they used to have some terrific arguments about it one night after a particularly hot argument senor silva made the assertion that he could by hypnotic suggestion cause his servant mahboob to reproduce any fingerprints he desired mahboob's fingertips had been manipulated in some way when he was a child so that they showed only a series of straight lines yes i said his prints were taken at the inquest father said that if senor silva could show him proof of that assertion he would never look at fingerprints again senor silva asked for a week in which to make a study of the prints in order to impress them upon his memory at the end of that time the test was made it was a most extraordinary one senor silva father and i sat at the table yonder under the light with the book of prints before us mahboob was placed at a little table in the far corner with his back to us and senor silva proceeded to hypnotize him it took only a moment for he could hypnotize mahboob by pointing his finger at him he said mahboob was a splendid subject because he had hypnotized him hundreds of times and had him under perfect control then he placed an ink-pad on the table in front of him nothing else my father wrote his name and the date upon the top sheet of a pad of paper and senor silva placed it before mahboob then he sat down with us selected a page of prints and asked us to concentrate our minds upon it at the end of a few moments he asked me to bring the pad from before mahboob i did so and we found the prints upon it to be identical with those on the page we had been looking at my father touched them with his finger and found that they were fresh as the ink smeared readily his name was on the corner of the page where he had written it there could be no doubt that in some way mahboob had been able to duplicate the prints senor silva repeated the experiment with another set of prints and then with another i think there were six altogether and every one of them was successful was swain's one of them no but when mr lester told me that fred was suspected because of those fingerprints the thought flashed into my mind 
that if Signor Silva and Mahbub could imitate those of other people, they could imitate Fred's too. And when I looked at the album and found that sheet torn out, I was sure that was what had happened. And so you decided to stay in the house to win Signor Silva's confidence by pretending to become a convert and to search for evidence against him, I said. That was a brave thing to do, Miss Vaughan. Not so brave as you think, she objected, shaking her head. I did not believe that there would be any real danger with the three servants in the house. Only at the last did I realize the desperate nature of the man. She stopped and shivered slightly. Tell us what happened, I said. It was on Sunday afternoon, she continued, that I went to Signor Silva and told him that I had decided to carry out my father's wish, renounce the world and become a priestess of Siva. I shall never forget the fire in his eyes as he listened. They fairly burned into me. Ah, said Godfrey, so that was it. She looked at him inquiringly. Except upon one hypothesis, he explained, that action on your part would have embarrassed Silva, and he would have tried to dissuade you. He had left him by your father's will this valuable place and a million dollars. If money had been all he sought, that would have satisfied him, and he would have tried to get rid of you. That he did not, that his eyes burned with eagerness when you told him of your decision, proves that he loved you and wanted you also. A brighter color swept into Miss Vaughan's cheeks, but she returned his gaze bravely. I think that is true, she assented in a low voice. It was my suspicion of that which made me hesitate, but I finally decided that there was no reason why I should spare him and let an innocent man suffer for him. Especially when you loved the innocent man, I added to myself, but managed to keep the words from my lips. As soon as I told him of my decision, Miss Vaughan continued, he led me to the room where the crystal sphere is, placed me on the divan, sat down opposite me, and began to explain to me the beliefs of his religion. Meditation, it seems, is essential to it, and it was by gazing at the crystal that one could separate one's soul from one's body, and so attain pure and profound meditation. Was that your first experience of crystal-gazing? Godfrey asked. Yes, both he and my father had often tried to persuade me to join them. They often spent whole nights there but it seemed to me that the breaking down of father's will was due to it in some way. I grew to have a fear and horror of it, and so I always refused. The change in your father was undoubtedly directly traceable to it, Godfrey agreed. During those periods of crystal-gazing he was really in a state of hypnosis induced by Silva, with his mind bare to Silva's suggestions, and as these were repeated he became more and more a mere echo of Silva's personality. That was what Silva desired for you also. I felt something of the sort, though I never really understood it, said Miss Vaughan, and as I sat there on the divan that Sunday afternoon with his burning eyes upon me, I was terribly afraid. His will was so much stronger than mine, and besides, I could not keep my eyes from the crystal. In the end I had a vision, a dreadful vision. She pressed her hands to her eyes as though it was still before her. The vision of your father's death? I questioned. She nodded with swain as the murderer how did you know she asked astonished because he induced the same vision in me the next evening but don't let me interrupt i don't know how long the seance lasted she continued some hours i suppose for it was dark when i again realized where i was and after dinner there was another and then at midnight he led me to the roof and invoked what he called an astral benediction a wonderful wonderful thing godfrey smiled dryly you were overwrought, Miss Vaughan, he said, and straight from a spell of crystal-gazing. No wonder it impressed you, but it was really only a clever trick. I realize now that it must have been a trick, she agreed, 
but at the time it seemed an unquestionable proof of his divine power when it was over i had just sufficient strength of will remaining to tear myself away from him and gain my own room and lock the door you mean he tried to detain you not with his hands but i could feel his will striving to conquer mine even after i was in my room i could feel him calling to me in the morning i was stronger i lay in bed until nearly noon trying to form some plan but i began to fear that i must give it up i realized that after a few more nights like the night before i should no longer have a will of my own that what i was pretending would become reality i decided that i could risk one more day perhaps two but i felt very weak and discouraged you see i did not know what to look for where to look i wanted evidence against him but i had no idea what the evidence would be i wanted to search his room but i had not been able to because he was scarcely ever out of it except when he was with me and besides mahbub was always squatting in the little closet next to it i got up at last and after breakfast he met me here in the library he suggested another seance but i pleaded a headache and he walked with me about the grounds i remembered that you were to come in the evening mr lester and i determined to leave you with him on some pretext and search his room then i told him you were coming that i had asked you to take charge of my affairs and it was then he told me of the legacy he believed my father had left him adding that whether the legacy should stand or not was entirely in my hands then i began to feel his influence again and managed to excuse myself and go indoors do you know what happened in the evening mr lester as soon as i left you i flew to his room determined to search it at any cost but i was scarcely inside when i heard the outer door open and i had just time to get behind the curtains in one corner when someone entered peering out i saw that it was mahbub he looked about for a moment and then sat down on the divan folded his feet under him and fell into a contemplation of the sphere i scarcely dared to breathe i was always afraid of mahbub she added far more than of senor silva about senor silva there was at least something warm and human but mahbub impressed me somehow as a brother to the snake he seemed so cold and venomous you knew he was dead i asked as she paused yes annie told me and she shuddered lightly the cobra too is dead added godfrey i agree with you miss vaughan there was a kinship between them though the cobra turned against him in the end how long did he sit there i do not know but it seemed an age to me finally in despair i had made up my mind to try to steal away when i heard steps in the entry mahbub slipped from the divan and disappeared behind the curtains and then the door opened and signor silva and mr lester entered i saw at once that there was to be another seance and that i could not escape for senor silva sat down facing the corner where i was i could only brace myself against the wall and wait it was a dreadful ordeal but it had its reward she added with a smile and that was i asked the discovery of the glove senor silva suddenly switched on the lights and i knew that the seance was over but he had some difficulty in arousing you the trance must have been a very deep one and finally leaving you lying on the divan he went to the wall drew aside the hangings and pressed his hand against the panel a little door flew open and i saw that there was a cupboard in the wall he filled the glass with some liquid pulled the hangings into place and went back to you and made you drink it it seemed to do you good yes i said it brought me around at once and then and then as soon as you went out together i ran to the cupboard and looked into it but for a moment i was confused i saw nothing which seemed of any importance some bottles and decanters and glasses a glass tray or two a pile of rubber gloves i couldn't understand i picked up one of the gloves and looked at it but it was just an ordinary glove 
then farther back i saw some others their fingertips were stained with ink and then another lying by itself i looked at it saw the patches on the fingertips i saw the stains and then i understood i do not know how i understood or why it was like a flash of lightning revealing everything and then as i stood there with the glove in my hand i heard senor silva returning she paused a moment and i could see the shiver which ran through her at the recollection it was not that i was afraid she said it was that i seemed to be lost i let the draperies fall ran to the divan and sat down before the sphere i could think of nothing else to do i can still see his astonished face when he entered and found me sitting there i was waiting for you i said trying to smile you remember i was to have another lesson to-night yes he said and looked at me his eyes kindling i was trembling inwardly for suddenly i began to fear him i knew that i must keep my head that i must not yield to his will or i would be swept away i thought mr lester would never go i said he came to the divan and sat down close beside me and looked into my eyes did the time really seem so long he asked it seemed very long i said he gazed at me for another moment then rose quickly and turned on the light sit where you are he said and i will sit here fix your eyes upon the sphere and your mind upon the infinite mind so shall great wisdom come to you i felt my will crumbling to pieces i closed my eyes and crushed the glove within my hand and thought of this man's villainy and of the part i must play if i were to defeat him his voice went on and on but gradually i ceased to hear it i was thinking of the glove of escape of fred yea love is strong i told myself and it giveth to the dove the wisdom of the serpent else how had this child come victorious from such an ordeal i do not know how long i sat there miss vaughan continued but senor silva rose suddenly with an exclamation of impatience and switched on the light there is something wrong he said coming back and standing over me some hostile influence is at work what is it i do not know i said i cannot lose myself as i did last night something holds you to earth some chain perhaps it is your own wish no no i protested let us try again he switched off the light and sat down facing me and again i felt his will trying to enter and conquer me and again i clasped the glove and kept my mind upon it thinking only of escape you can guess how we were leaning forward listening breathless to this narrative i fancied i could see her sitting there in the darkness with silva's evil influence visibly about her but held at bay by her resolute innocence as christian's shield of faith turned aside the darts of apollyon it was indeed a battle of good and evil the more terrible because it was fought not with bodily weapons but with spiritual ones at last senor silva rose again miss vaughan continued and turned on the lights and i shivered when i met his gaze you are defying me he said very low but i will break you yet and he clapped his hands softly together mahbub appeared at the inner door received a sharp order and disappeared again a moment later there was a little swirl of smoke from the door of his room and a sharp overpowering odour which turned me faint and then senor silva who had been pacing up and down the room stopped suddenly and looked at me his face distorted is that it he muttered can it be that and he strode to the curtain which hung before his secret cupboard and swept it back i knew that i was lost i sprang for the outer door managed to get it open and set a foot in the hall before he seized me i remember that i screamed and then his hand was at my throat and i suppose i must have fainted she added with a little smile for the next thing i remember is looking up and seeing dr henman i sat back in my chair with a long breath of relief 
my tension during the telling of the story had been almost painful and it was not until it was ending that I saw two other men had entered while Miss Vaughan was speaking. I was on my feet as soon as I saw them, for I recognized Goldberger and Sylvester. "'Simmons telephoned me this morning that I was needed out here again,' Goldberger explained. "'But first I want to shake hands with Miss Vaughan.' "'You have met Mr. Goldberger, Miss Vaughan,' I said as he came forward. "'But Dr. Hinman didn't tell you that he's the cleverest coroner in Greater New York.' he doesn't really think so miss vaughan goldberger laughed you ought to read some of the things he's written about me but i want to say that i heard most of your story and it's a wonder about that glove now simmons he added turning to the detective i'd like to see it and sylvester here is nearly dying too here it is said simmons and took it from his pocket and passed it over goldberger looked at it then handed it to sylvester who fairly seized it carried it to the door and examined it with gleaming eyes then without a word he took an ink pad from his pocket slipped the glove upon his right hand inked the tips of the fingers and pressed them carefully upon a sheet of paper from an inner pocket he produced a sheaf of photographs laid them beside the prints and carefully compared them finally he straightened up and looked at us his face working do you know what this does gentlemen he asked in a voice husky with emotion it strikes at the foundation of the whole system of fingerprint identification it renders forever uncertain a method we found absolutely safe it's the worst blow that has ever been struck at the police you mean the prints agree with the photographs asked godfrey going to his side absolutely said sylvester and mopped his face with a shaking hand end of chapter twenty six read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com